Welcome back to the first thousand X podcast recorded with Bitcoin above fifty thousand dollars. Because the last time we recorded Bitcoin was hovering, I think it was hovering right below, like right below, like forty nine nine seven nine, and then it broke. And that, as we talked about, it broke. You actually had a little bit of time, you know, solid amount of time. Once it broke, realized that it broke, sat there, and then you go buy it, which I advocated for because I think that's generally the best, worst, and justed way to, to play these things if you're a trader. Now, Jonah, on the other hand, is just an absolute gigachad with balls of steel. And so has just been sitting massively low on Bitcoin for the entire time and telling everybody not to sell. Because why would anybody sell with this many flows are coming into this asset? And as always, Jonah was vindicated. He was right. <laughs> not, not as always. So, nah, you know, like I, I had to, I had to give you something, Jonah. Thank you. Listen, I am. This, um... this, 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 this is this is the big. This is a big win. We're sitting at sixty three k right now. Um, Bitcoin is obviously leading the charge. ETH is ETH is catching up. I think this has been an amazing, amazing, amazing run. I think for the first time, I'm exercising a bit of caution just because it's been so insane. And you have all-time high Bitcoin futures, open interest. You have a tremendous amount of froth in the market. You have a lot of money flowing into alts. I think if there were any point to at least, if you're 100% long, get to 90, there's a good point to start taking off some length in my humble opinion especially as we approach all-time highs so i'm for the first time really thinking hey this has been a crazy run maybe it's time to cut back go to the barbell strategy instead of being super bitcoin heavy you're alt heavy and cash heavy john what do you think about that um, I don't want to be cash heavy. I'm still all in on this. Uh, but I trade less actively than you. So I think if we're going to try and if we're going to try and monetize like some of the chop around here, because, you know, as markets, it doesn't matter whether you're talking about crude oil, crypto or fucking the price of bananas. Right. When markets start to melt up, uh, they get really volatile and the pullbacks get severe. Now, I'm not watching crypto tick for tick every day anymore like I used to. I think you're right. Like if you are watching it tick for tick, it might pay to lighten up and then buy one of the inevitable savage dips that happens amidst this sort of upside volatility. Um, but in terms of being cash heavy, I, I, I wouldn't want to be cash heavy. Like I'm still yeah, so I guess... bullish. I, I can't fucking see straight. And I think this thing is going to 100K. And do you, do you think that it's, go, it's going to 100K <clears throat> promptly? I mean, what what's your... What, what's your view here? I mean, how do you think yes. these ETF inflows are sustainable? They're I mean, we've had mega, crazy, 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 crazy inflows. They're mega. You you go to the Far Side Investors ETF tracker page. It's like five hundred mil a day, and it just isn't stopping. And you know, it's like it's just like your dentist, your you know, your grandpa, your your doctor. They're all just buying it uh, because now they can. And we talked about this on the podcast, you know, six months ago. We talked about how the ETF launch was not a front runnable event because there wasn't enough capital in this niche, weird, you know, self-custody little token space to front run what would get de-bottlenecked by ETFs and institutional asset flows and, and, you know, broader retail. And so far we're being proven right. And to me, it's like the having hasn't even happened yet. Like the minor selling is going to, is has to slow down. Um, it's, 
maybe the miners are hanging on to BTC right now to sell after the halving, after some expected melt up. So maybe it doesn't melt up as fast as you expect. But like, come on, that's, you know, what, three and an eighth BTC per block less forever? I, I just, I can't, I can't imagine lightening up before that unless the plan is literally to, you know, trade around the volatility. I do think, you know, if you're a hundred percent long, you should take a bit of, a bit of profit, but not. I like, mean, Jonah, know. Jonah, three month futures are now paying out 20% on BTC. I think 17% on ETH. Yep. That is massive. And yep. generally, historically, even if you've had a tremendous amount of interest in this, in this asset class. That has been the start of the end because when there's that much leverage and that much euphoria, what you tend to get is you tend to get reflexivity towards the downside. So no matter how many inflows are coming in, no matter how much is unlocked, when you have that amount of leverage in the system, you get these nasty pullbacks and it scares people off from buying. And I think what I'm what I'm trying to say is one, you can't put yourself in a position to be carted out right now because this is a this is this is a more likely time than ever to experience a thirty percent pullback, and so you have to manage your risk super tightly here, like ridiculously tightly. And I think the best way to do that is to be allocated to alts that you think can run or that you're comfortable with long term, because I do think capital is going to rotate out of BTC. Being 150% long BTC here is no longer the right move. We're actually at 40K. You can make an argument for it. At 25K, obviously, I think it was a, it was a simple argument at 40K, a little bit harder. Now, I don't think you can make an argument for it. I don't think there's an argument even to be 100% allocated right now mm-hmm. to BTC. I think the argument is to be 80%. Right. Yeah. And, and that, by the way, that's still super bullish. That's still ridiculously bullish. From my perspective. No, no, it's you're, you're so, absolutely right. I, I agree with you. What, what I was saying, I think we're... We agree, but maybe I didn't express my point clearly enough. I think if you're running like tons of leverage here, yeah, you should start to get careful because the the vol is about to get insane and you there will be some big drawdowns. But if you're just long 100% max long allocated cash only, no leverage, you can wear a, a you can wear a 50% drawdown. I mean, look on on crypto Twitter, everybody everybody is so like insanely bullish gloating victory lapping right now it it, the fear and greed index is max greed um hasn't been here since 21 you know in 2021 when we hit these prices in in may uh the first thing that happened obviously is a 50 percent pullback right just a savage brutal 50 percent sell off to 30k followed by a rip roaring explosion to all-time highs my personal trading strategy because i don't use leverage um i if it goes to 30k, I'm just going to buy more, um, especially if it happens before the halving, and I'm, I'm not going to panic. But if you're 150% long and you're going to panic if, if that happens, yeah, you better be lightening up right now. And, and to your second point about the rotation to alts, I'm seeing some really compelling arguments on Twitter that we're not going to get that rotation into alts this cycle. You would know better than me. You've seen multiple cycles. This is still kind of my first one. Um, but this cycle, we're not going to see rotation to alts because this is just ETF money coming in and it's not degen money trying to play uh, frog coins. You're, you're on mute, by the way. That is a fucking lie. Ah. That is such a degenerate, stupid fucking lie. I cannot stand it when people say this shit. I will actually, 
whoever tweets this, you have the brain of a monkey. And like one of those small, tiny monkeys, not like a gorilla, because gorillas can get to 70 IQ. You are like a negative IQ human. <laughs> and I will explain this in the most simple terms. It doesn't matter because if Bitcoin goes up, the people that held it, there are a lot of crypto native people that have held Bitcoin. And those people will rotate out of Bitcoin. They will rotate out of Bitcoin. And retail will come back in. It is just a matter of time. Meme coins will pump. Shit coins will pump. Of course, alts are going to go up. Now, the question is, what alts? Now, historically, the answer was, it would go from Bitcoin to large cap alts to mid cap alts to small cap alts. Now, here's why... You know, these monkeys have some point, but they're still incorrect. That type of rotation might not happen as much because there is less capital that is just coming directly into crypto rails that is buying Bitcoin. And so they're less likely to filter down the risk curve indiscriminately. Hmm. What's most likely to happen is that the people that are already allocated, the original the original crypto NEETs, are going to take their money that they made on Bitcoin and they're going to rotate out into the smaller caps and into the quality stuff that they like. So the crypto insider coins, crypto native coins are probably going to do well as people rotate out. Your average mid cap, and you're kind of seeing this, Matic has been a bit disappointing. AVAX post the major rally has been disappointing. Solana after the major rally has been disappointing while Bitcoin has ripped. But what hasn't been disappointing are the meme coins and the AI coins. And the reason is because you nailed that by the way. You, you called for the AI coins to rally. You you nailed that one. So props. Jonah. Speaking of nailing things, what did we talk? What was the one literally the one specific thing that we talked about on the previous podcast is the SEC getting blown the fuck out and then coins related to SEC judgments doing well. Hmm. That's what's doing well. All of DeFi, Coinbase stock. Like the coins that yeah. the SEC were trying to strangle now are ripping. And that's going to continue. And so, again, these, these are the types of things that I'm looking for. I'm not looking to buy your Maddox of the world. I'm not looking to buy your Solanas. I'm not looking to buy your, I mean, for sure, never a Cosmos. But basically, the large caps, oh, I'm going to rotate down the risk curve. I think that I'm going to put aside. And I'm going to say the key is... To find what the crypto natives are going to get into, AI, obviously a huge bucket. DeFi, I think uh, a, a good bucket, especially now with the, the, uh, the, the talk about turning on fees and the lack of the SEC coming down. And then in the crypto, uh, in, in, the, in the ETF world, it's possible that people go and rotate from the ETFs down the risk curve. Maybe they're going to go buy ETH. Maybe they're going to go buy Coinbase stock. The one thing that I cannot explain uh, that I would love for anybody listening to this to comment on if they have some sort of explanation on this. Why is MSTR ripping? It doesn't... It, I was under... MSTR is trading right now at a 50% premium to its Bitcoin holdings. I was always under the impression that after the ETF got launched, that that premium would collapse because people were only buying MSTR to replicate Bitcoin exposure. But for some reason, MSTR is still ripping. So that's a weird one, no? Yeah, I think it's weird too. Honestly, I think that's that's an anomaly. Another one is I didn't expect CME futures to trade at a 20% premium uh, to spot after the ETF launch because now any TradFi guy 
can show up by, you know, I bit the BlackRock ETF, short the CME future and collect basically risk-free arbitrage money. I, I do I do not for the life of me know why that money is there. Leverage, capital is not that expensive. Leverage shouldn't trade at that kind of a premium to what is now like totally TradFi railed Bitcoin. And it, it that doesn't make sense to me. The MSTR thing doesn't make sense to me. Um, and in terms of your your thesis about uh, your thesis about altcoins, I agree with it. I was looking at. I rarely do this, but I, I actually felt fucking stupid looking at dollar sign MAGA, the Trump coin. I'm like, how the fuck did I not see that Dude. one coming? You know, like it's Dude, of course. So yeah, one thing all, that I did, by the way, is shit. I, but I, I, I have a theory. Sorry, but I bought a bunch of the Trump NFTs because yep. one, you get to have dinner with the Donald, and obviously, I want to get dinner with the Donald. So that's that's just a meme in itself. I'm gonna whisper in his ear to buy all my shit coins. The second thing is you can resell them, and they're such a good play on the Trump presidency, which I'm particularly bullish on. So, and I think know, he's all, gonna all win. of these. And I think it's going to be very pro crypto, and I think it's going to get very Mimi and Pepe -y and all this shit. I just my like my theory to your point, Abby, is my favorite altcoin is like crypto punks. I think that I'm mulling buying another punk, and I think the reason why is um, you just watch punks and apes start gassing higher on this. It, the longer crypto sustains this rally the more being invested in crypto is going to become a cool symbol of social status again. Like uh, there are rumors out there that um, Bernard Arnault, the LVMH tycoon, his son who runs Tiffany's is bidding one of the alien punks. Like it's, if you show up to a date in New York with a, a Solana saga phone, like it's not necessarily guaranteed that you're going home without getting laid anymore. Right? Like these, these sort of crypto status symbols are, are kind of, I think they're going to start coming back and it's going to be okay to be invested in crypto again. Um, Jonah, you, you ever you ever seduce your wife in the punk? Is that, um, that, is that, that's the twerk for you? No, no, definitely not. <laughs> but um, I, I think that I think that for many people, there there will be some status attached to crypto again. If this, like, let's say that Bitcoin slingshots past 100K. Sure, it may go to 30K first, but if it slingshots past 100K before the end of next year, like you're, you're cool. If you've got, if you've got crypto, you're not, you're not a pariah anymore. You're not getting laughed out of the room. So yeah, the, 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 the NFT flux is coming back in a large way and I'm actually pretty excited to see it happen. I think that it's going to be, I think that's going to be a very, very good investment. I mean, you know me and my ether rocks. I love my ether rocks. I think they're an amazing flex, super expensive NFT. Not everybody can afford them. The group chat is lit you get access to all these all, all these all these people but the reality of the situation is that what's a rock cost you know, i love have... that they're all floors they're they're all just as shitty as each other um what what, what is it no 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 no, no 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 they're 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 different there's regular shit rocks and then there are blue rocks and red rocks so there are slightly there there are variations on the rock jonah please what, you know, educate sorry. yourself before talking otherwise you just sound dumb <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not afraid to sound dumb so that other people who listen to us can become smarter. Like I will sacrifice myself yeah. on Twitter or on. Yeah, it's very. That's very kind of you. You know, it really comes from a selfless <laughs> place in your heart.
What, what's what's the floor? What's the basic rock cost? Hundred ETH, two hundred ETH. Two hundred ETH is the floor. Damn. Right now, that's an auto glyph to right get there. to get in. Yeah, to get into the rock club because there are a hundred. It's the second ever NFT created. Get you access to an exclusive club. And the reality like is, go to some private island and make out with each other, or what, how does it work? Look, I can't comment on that. <laughs> There's, you know, there are a lot of NDAs that have been signed, so <laughs> no, no ability. All I'll say is if you go to my Twitter profile and you check the banner, it's accurate. It's accurate. And that's what we do. The war room. Now, it's the, yeah, it's the war room. Exactly. So what I'll say about the rocks are that they are just a pure form of flex. And the pure NFT flexes, I think, will do well. And the art, I think, will do well. The squiggles, the auto autoglyphs, the fidenzas, the punks. That stuff is going to do well. I do think there's going to re there's going to be a boom again of people trying to launch NFTs. I think that that's probably not going to go so well. I think what you're going to see is you're going to see more established actual artists release NFTs. You're going to see brands release NFTs, and that's going to be where a lot of the a lot of the value crews. I mean, even Trump, right? Trump's releasing NFTs, and that there's actually some interest in these things, and I think that shows you the direction of the of the NFT market. So if I'm allocating right now i definitely want my i definitely want nft exposure because i'm bullish on eth but i'm not so bullish on eth that i want to hold a ton of eth directly so mm. i like nfts because they have two tailwinds if eth goes up they probably they probably go up in aggregate because all the nfts i'm talking about are effectively issued on eth they're the older ones and then the second thing is that they do have right that 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 tailwind it's basically the ETH tailwind and then the NFT tailwind. And I think that's I think that's good. And I like the ETH tailwind, but I'm not super confident on the ETH tailwind. It's very possible at this point, ETH, and ETH ETF gets denied or gets punted or the SEC comes up with some ridiculous argument as to why ETH is a security and therefore blah, blah, blah. There needs to be litigation and this and this and this and that. And we have to well, if XRP it. isn't yeah, a security, ETF. how, how, sorry, if, if, if XRP isn't a security, how could ETH be a security? I, I don't know if- Johnny, you know, you're, you're, you're asking such amazing logical questions, <laughs> but it's the same question as, hey, I mean, look, the SEC jumped the shark when they made the argument that we can't allow a Bitcoin spot ETF because the Bitcoin spot market's are manipulated, but we can allow a Bitcoin futures ETF that settles to a spot reference rate because we can monitor the future, right? They just completely Bonkers. jumped the shark with that argument. It's so obviously logically flawed that I wouldn't, I, I just don't put anything past them. The only thing that gives me hope, as we've talked about in the past, is that these guys have just been blown out so many times. No, no, no. To come after crypto. Avi, the, not, okay, so... My opinion on the SEC, like Gary Gensler has gotten so daddied, it's embarrassing. They've filed like a hundred lawsuits that are nearly identical, lost the first 10 of them. The other 90 are going straight down the toilet. Like they should be ashamed of themselves. But here's the thing, Avi, like this is why I think we're only in phase one of the triple whammy here. The hat trick of crypto in 2024. Mm -hmm. First thing that happens is the BTC ETF lands. Second thing is the having. Third thing, Trump's going to fucking win, right? And then what is the, what happens when Gensler and the entire SEC gets sent packing and we go back to this like 
low or no regulatory regime with a crypto friendly NFT issuing like maniac president, like I think it could get pretty fucking degenerate up in here. And I don't even know if they have time to start denying ETFs because they're probably all looking for other jobs right now because they're about to get sent off out of Washington, D.C. So like that that's the bullish. That's the most honestly more bullish than the having and more bullish than the ETFs. The thing that nobody is talking about is the single greatest headwind to crypto, the headwind that fucked with both you and me in our in our you know recent crypto careers is about to get rinsed. They're about to get they're literally about to take their own medicine. The, these guys at the SEC, even even if Biden wins reelection, like they've, they've been so chastened by all of these losses. And if if Trump wins, like they're all just gone. And so uh, to me, I think that's that's the most bullish kind of like medium term catalyst for crypto. And and I don't think they have bullets to like start these new like two to three year campaigns against ETH or anything else. I, I, th I think the regulatory headwinds are just kind of like waning for now. And it's it's underpriced. That is such a bullish rant, Joda. I and I 100 percent agree with you. And I'm so excited to see this see this play out, which is why, again, basically anything that's been attacked by the SEC, such a good buy right now. Because I think yes. I think it's very I think it's still even now underpriced. Like look at the perk look at look at the perk platforms, injective, look at DYDX, SNX, Uni, all these guys underpriced. I still think so, because they're no longer under the target of the SEC. Now, here's here's what I'll say is that doesn't mean that the ETF is a gimme. It doesn't. And that, I think, is a big risk to the market still. And that would hurt alts and alts in the short term. I think, you know, there there needs to be some investigation on what the timelines are for this. Because uh, I, I do think it's important. At the same time, my personal view is that we're coming up close to the end of the Bitcoin rally relative to the alt rally. Hmm. So if you look back at 2020, 2021, when Bitcoin first breaks all-time high, it tends to rip. And then after the first blow-off, after the all-time high break is when the alts come out to play. But you don't necessarily want to try to time that perfectly. You kind of want to get out slowly from Bitcoin into alts because you can never get it perfectly. So if you're, for example, in the hypothetical portfolio, 100% BTC, 0% alts, at all-time highs, you probably want to be 80 BTC, 20 alt. Every 10% after that, 5%, 10%, you're shuffling more into alts. Shuffling more, shuffling more, shuffling more. Then on the blow-off, if you can trade that, fine. But generally what tends to happen is that blow-off BTC does badly. But what you'll see is you'll see alts actually do okay. And that's your sign. When yeah. there's a blow off on BTC and alts actually do okay post the all time high break, boom, alt season. Shove watch, in. Watch the watch you're the alt for, BTC pairs. Yeah. And by the way, you're only you're probably in for like two to three weeks. In no more, no more than that. Two to three weeks. Take it and then get out. Uh, and that's that's sort of my plan right now. When it comes to when it comes to when it comes to trading this market, it's I think now is a very difficult time to be a passive investor in this market. Hmm. So my uh, my general take is it's actually okay to be very passive during bear markets because you're just accumulating. 
and you're finding, you know, the right allocations. And generally what you want to do is you slowly want to get cast back. Right. You're just, you just dodging. Now it's the bull market. You, you can, you can lose a lot of money very quickly if you're not clipping profits. And so you have to just, the way to do this, in my opinion, without blowing up your whole portfolio and round tripping everything, because at some point we will have another 80% drawdown. It's just a matter of time is to just set levels to take profit mm. and then set aside that cash and then just don't get back into the market with that cash. Right. And that's how I've outperformed over the last three cycles is when Bitcoin is 80K or 90K, 100K, what's the probability that we're 30, 40, 50, 60% below that price again at some point in the future? It's actually pretty high, my personal opinion. When Bitcoin trades 100K, I'm not going to be more than 50% exposed to the market. It's I'm just going to be slowly chipping out because the reality is you have to detach yourself from this. You can't get caught up in the euphoria. You can't get caught up in the craziness. Just right now, take out a book, a notebook, and write down your targets. Whatever your portfolio is worth, write down your targets. Write down your targets for your, for your coins. And that is your guidebook. And you just pay attention to it. Just pay attention to it. And don't get caught up in the euphoria. And the worst thing that you can do, and I see this happen over and over your one coin hits your target. You sell out. What do you do? You buy another coin. Don't do that. No, no, no. Cash. So let me ask you a question, Avi. We've got our thesis on Bitcoin. We've got our thesis right. on alts and when to rotate it and out. Um, ETH is a weird one. It's kind of in the middle of that sandwich, right? And my investment thesis for ETH is that at worst, even if some other L1 like Solana just kills it once and for all, it's always going to kind of stick around as like the legacy artwork chain with cultural significance and relevance and like the zeitgeist of the, the early 2020s. <clears throat> so I think that use case alone, just sort of preserving these important cultural artifacts is worth, you know, after another bull cycle or two, like oh, over the long run, half a trillion dollars. Right. But well, then, man, I'm then, just, I'm just not interested in ETH. No, no, no. But, but let I me think... finish. Let me finish. So that's the worst case scenario over the medium to long term. For me, then there's let's let's talk about the use cases for mm -hmm. crypto. If even one of these lands on ETH, you're looking at ten to fifty thousand dollar ETH. So decentralized games and social networks, payments, a global decentralized casino industry like meme, meme coins on, on ETH, right? NFTs as certificates of authenticity or ownership or tickets, decentralized physical infrastructure and networks like Helium and HypeMap. That looks like it's going to Solana, but you know, if it goes to ETH, it goes to ETH. Tokenized funds, assets, and other financial products like global settlement, basically near instant transaction settlement, smart contracts as a replacement for legal documents, proof of identity. Like there's there's like 10 to 20 use cases. If one of them lands on ETH, you you hit the fucking jackpot over the medium to long term. And it's easy right now to be like, ah, ETH is still finding its footing. There's Bitcoin and there's all its barbell, blah, blah. But like, I'm, I still believe in ETH because I think you're kind of long this extremely cheap call option and your downside is capped by the fact that it already has found a use case. If in fact, the only use case for a non-Bitcoin L1, which is sort of cultural artifact preservation. Am I, am I off the mark here, Avi? What do you think? You're on mute. So I think, I think you're off the mark, but not 
because of what you said is wrong. So just just take a step back. Whenever you whenever you see a trade presented in front of you, your first question should be, "What is the best way to take advantage of this trade? Like how how can I how can I take advantage of this trade?" There's this uh, famous story that there was a guy that wanted to bet on the Japanese real estate on Japan on Japan in general, right? And so he goes and flies to Japan, and he wants to meet a bunch of people and figure out, well, what's the best way to bet on Japan? How do I bet on Japan? So he goes around, he meets people, he's looking at real estate, he's looking at the stock market, tech companies, car companies, everything. And he goes and he meets one real estate agent, and the real estate agent is taking taking him around. And she says, well, you can look at currently built apartments, but why don't you also look at the apartments that are coming in five, in four years, in three to four years? And he says, okay, uh, what's the deposit look like on, on these apartments? She says, 5%. And he looks at her and goes, so wait, you're telling me that I can put down 5% for the right to purchase this apartment at this current price in four years when it's built, but I don't actually have to, it's just the right to buy the apartment? And so what he ends up doing is he ends up basically buying like 50 of these apartments, right? He puts out his 5% deposit. He's just got a massive call option on the real estate market, right? And this is the best way. You could, you could, he ended up 20Xing his money, you know, like 30Xing his money because of the way that he structured the trade. Whereas if he had just put all of his money and bought a current apartment, there's no way he would have 20X, right? But he, he got really smart leverage on the market. That's how I feel about ETH. I think ETH is going up. I think ETH is going to do well. But in even in my best case scenario, the way that ETH goes up is it goes up to X3X. So I don't want to own any ETH because that's just not a great return relative to the rest of the market, to me personally. You get your so two way that I would like to, Bitcoin um, with less risk. The way, exactly, with less risk. So the way that I would like to own ETH is through NFTs. I would like to own ETH if I want to long long data call NFTs, DeFi, things built on top of ETH. I would much rather own those things, which I think have similar risk to ETH. Actually, I think if you buy a punk, you're taking you're you're basically just taking ETH risk because I I really don't think that punks are going to go down that much in ETH terms. I, I really they, don't. they didn't For, through the lows. I you know I I yeah. bought my punk near the highs and then watched you know kind of with bated breath through the bear market. Didn't really nuke that hard. That's kind of back. Like it's it's pretty amazing. Those things held in like for for fucking like something with sixteen pixels in it. Like they really hung in there. Mm -hmm. It's impressive. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that while I like ETH and I agree with all of your points, I just don't think buying ETH and holding ETH is the best way to express that view. Okay, and so no, I, I'm with you. So you like let's say that one of the use cases for crypto that I just mentioned lands um i think there's a you know 25 to 50 delta that it lands on eth and by the time it lands and catches on like it's already too late right so that's that's why i think eth could i don't think it's a two to three xer if one of those lands i think it's a 10 xer nice solid 10 bagger um so maybe we just sort of disagree about like our, our potential bullishness but i i'm not gonna lie i'm getting caught up in the froth like i'm i'm a bit starry-eyed here so i you know i think the nft thesis couldn't agree more with you in terms of like ways to play crypto finding an actual use case a new use case uh outside of bitcoin as a store of value and you know nfts like any of these cases i mentioned like i 
think your odds are as good as any on Bitcoin or on Ethan Solana. Uh, you're supposed to just hold some of that because that then you could get a ten bagger in there if 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 they actually become useful to the broader population. But yeah, um, it, it's not an easy trade right now. At the very least, I think ETH BTC could continue to run upwards for a little bit while we get hyped about the ETH ETF. But you don't want to hang on to that one hoping for like 0.08. Like it's 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 not worth it's not worth riding it that high. It's a trade. It's not. An I investment. agree. I just I just, I think it's I think it's a trade, and and I think Sue Zoo for all of this fell to the hilariously good tweet. It's like, dude, just don't don't directionally buy ETH BTC. Just don't just don't do it. <laughs> don't don't put don't put that spread trade on, man. Uh, it's just you know it's kind of it's kind of a nothing it's kind of a nothing trade. You're you know you're taking crypto risk and you're basically getting probably getting no, no return for it. Yeah. Um, so you know, my 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 view. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, but in terms of like good solid crypto risk, like to me, all of this ETF bullishness and froth is a confirmation of crypto's major use case thus far just bitcoin is a store of value there are rumors in the oil market right now avi that uh, the saudi government is buying bitcoin as a reserve asset de-dollarization is a major narrative in the physical commodities space you can't fucking sling a cargo of crude in exchange of bars for bars of gold but bitcoin like no fucking problem right and there are only so much there's only so much utility to some of these countries. Like how, how much Chinese yuan does India want to hold? How many Russian rubles does, uh, does China want, right? Like the Bitcoin is the only bulletproof fungible internet money that has any sort of hope of competing with the dollar. The rest of these currencies are fucking foobar for global trade. So I, I am, I am getting, I'm getting excited about the de-dollarization narrative and oh, that's that's that, happening and 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 there's some geopolitical events that i think are are, are furthering this this acceptance i mean you, you're starting to see the nervousness look at nigeria so the nigerian currency naira is inflating like crazy right now and what are one of the steps that the nigerian government has just taken to stop that is banning cryptocurrency because so many people are using Bitcoin to get their money out. Look, I've had conversations about this even, right? People are trying to get their money out of this out of this country. And crypto is an avenue that people are looking at and exploring. So I think what is happening right now is that with the ETF, there's been this truly amazing legitimization of the market that we've all decided to spend our collective mind power on. And people are taking it very seriously. Government of Nigeria is cracking down. You know, I got a story for you about the government of Nigeria. Uh, if you're if you're finished with that thought, or I can let you finish. Sorry. There, there, there are two. There's just two more things here, and then please, I want to hear this. The second is that there are now discussions about seize, not only seizing and for freezing the Russian reserves, but seizing them and giving, giving them, them to Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah. Insanity. This, that would be such an unbelievable death blow to our current financial system. Nobody would trust it ever again. No government could ever possibly trust it. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Just like very quickly on that point, yeah. like the, the web three thesis of like, own your own data. You, when face, when you post your cat pic on Facebook, they own your cat pic, not you who fucking cares about the picture of your cat and who owns it. But if you don't own your dollars, 
holy crap, right? So that's why that's why Bitcoin is, you know, like the United States, the the ECB and the SNB when they took Russia's money, that was financial nuclear warfare. No one expected that. I certainly didn't. But now if they go and give it to their enemies, like China and Russia will certainly be letting the rest of their petrodollars and petrodollar denominated securities roll off. And they're going to have to replace it with something. And Bitcoin is like kind of the best thing to, to replace it with. It's not gold. It, it, it is a completely unacceptable risk. If you are a government of a country that is not 100% fully aligned with America, and even if you are 100% fully aligned with America, if it is possible to not only take your money, but give it to your enemies, you, you have to find alternative solutions. You have to. Yeah. It would be um, it would be completely irresponsible not to, and so I think we're heading into this world now where not only do we have geopolitical tailwinds for this asset class, we have the institutional tailwinds. The headwinds are abating, and it, it's just it's just a truly phenomenal time to be in in crypto. And I think the so I was talking about this with a few of my friends also in the space earlier this week. I really do think that this is still the only use case that's been hand that that has panned out for crypto. I mean, I've been in this industry now for God eight long years. Casino and people prefer Doge to the slot machine. Can't it's ju it's one. just it's just it's just moving money around. But it's such a such a good use case, Jonah. It's such a good use case. So you know, I'm still very bullish on BTC. I'm still very bullish. Um, you know, lo long term on it i just think that uh you know we're, we're we are heading into the and then the governments will try to fight as we're seeing with nigeria and that will that will create problems that will create fud it will probably create the next major buying opportunity the way that i think about this is every cycle it gets harder and harder and harder to buy the bottom my yeah. prediction is that Bitcoin will probably bottom around the time that the, not, not the, maybe not the US government, but some reasonable country outlaws the private use of Bitcoin. You know, whether it's Korea, whether it's, you know, the UK, Spain, Italy, one of these countries will outlaw it and there will be fear. I, I have a more nuanced take than you on, on that last one. And I, I want to pair it with an anecdote. So, you mentioned Nigeria. Um, I, when I worked at BTOL, you know, we used to ship a lot of Nigerian crude oil. And one day, one of our big streams of crude oil, we couldn't access it anymore because this rebel group called the Niger Delta Avengers, like Google them. These are the scariest looking people you've ever seen on the internet, right? They set, they basically set up a Twitter account and they, they, tweeted like you are not getting any more of this forcado stream of crude oil from you know an area called the creeks it's like an ecological disaster in southwestern nigeria where uh southeastern nigeria where there's like a bunch of oil coming into creeks and then they ship it to an offshore platform anyway these guys they dove like 60 meters under the fucking ocean atlantic ocean like completely vaporized this pipeline and then mined the area with undersea mines like real scuba special ops shit and these guys came from like villages, right? Like this is not, this is like insane technological sophistication for a group of warlords uh, in the middle of the jungle. 
And what I'll say here, Abi, they did it because they were upset with the Nigerian government for not giving them enough of a kickback from the petroleum revenue that they were reaping from this oil. They wanted more because the price of oil had gone up and their their basically their bribes had stayed the same. And so Avi, if you or I come from, you know, a rich country like the United States and we want to be successful, we go to good schools, highly ranked universities, we go into training. Jonah, these guys Jonah, I'm just looking at these guys are <laughs> like these guys are insane. These sort of these photos. Dude, everybody should Google the Niger Delta. So anyway, I had this all explained to me at this like one of these sort of evil James Bond villain offsites that VTOL had at some chateau in the in the Black Forest near Frankfurt. Anyway, like the, the the guy who dealt with West Africa was talking about the sophistication of their operation. What I realized is if you are an entrepreneurial young man in America, you go to a good school, you get a good degree, and you go into you know some high paying job, and that's how you fulfill your ambition. If you're a smart, hardworking, talented guy, and you're from the creeks, this is how you make your money, right? And to me, what like zooming back out to our our conversation, no matter what the Nigerian government does or the Argentinian government or the Turkish government to ban Bitcoin or sell, you know, quell inflation in their countries or try and control it, like there's always going to be a black market. There are always going to be Niger Delta Avengers out there hoarding what they need to hoard to make their buck. And I don't think you can hold this movement back because this is literally stateless money. And I think I, I continue to think that Bitcoin is a better store of value than to be generous, the world's bottom 50% of currencies, um, but probably more like 60 to 75% of them. Bitcoin's just a better place to hold your money than the, the Nigerian Naira or the Argentinian peso. Like it's it's there's not even a debate anymore about this. So I, I do think that even though governments may ban it, you know, the United States has made it as hard as possible to trade and own crypto, and it's still fucking roaring. The U.S. could have killed it. I think it's too late even for that. I don't think a consortium of developing economies can ban this stuff and, and make it make it uh, make it go away or even make it sell off. Because for every Nigerian ban, you have like an El Salvadorian president tweeting like, hey, co-partner Peter Schiff, you fucking idiot economist. Right. Like it's just crazy what's going on right now. I, I, I 100 percent agree with you. Should we create a Discord group chat called the Thousand X Delta Avengers? <laughs> That's what we have to call our um our our community the Delta the Thousand, the Delta, X, thousand X Delta the Avengers. Avengers. Yes, <laughs> when people 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 are going to think it's about the Marvel. No, 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 this no, no. no. <laughs> oh event, God, eventually, how that story ended was the Nigerian government paid them off. They they went back underground under under the ocean, repaired the pipeline laid down their arms, demined the area, and they deleted their Twitter account. Or maybe the woke Twitter, um, Jack Dorsey Twitter took it down. Who knows? But yeah, 1000X Delta Avengers. Can't wait to drink with you somewhere. We should uh, we should host meetups. Actually, both Joan and I are in the Holy Land right now. Mm. So for Shabbat, we will be hanging out, which is going to be great. If anyone's in Jerusalem, come say hi. Yeah, if, I, if anybody wants to go visit the hotel with us, please. Give, give, us, give us a shout. We do it. We do it before sundown because otherwise, Jonah won't respond. <laughs> Love you guys. As I've as I've un unfortunately learned too many times, oh, he just disappears until the night. D don't even try to pretend you don't, you, you don't vanish sometimes too, Abby. Yeah, you know, but I I I I, 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 I vanish for unrelated reasons, such as learning how to play roulette in Monaco. I I want to. I still want to go to one of these like Ether Rock outings. Um, like it sounds like now you got me under the idea. Like we don't, Jono, Jono, we don't have outings. I don't know what you're talking about. Stop. <laughs> yourself. 
I imagine it like the uh, the commercial for the fire festival, you know, like what it was supposed to no. be. You can imagine whatever you want because it's correct. It is imaginary because it doesn't exist. <laughs> fair, <laughs> Please fair. let your let let your imagination run wild because <laughs> it'll be more interesting than whatever we're up to. I'll tell I'll tell you that that I agree with your general take that it's unstoppable. This tech is unstoppable, but if I'm thinking about hey, what could cause a bear market? What could cause this to spiral? We're, I don't think enough people paid attention to the fact that Nigeria is legitimately banning cryptocurrency changes. I mean, guys, I think that what we just saw is the seed of where the bear market begins. Now, I don't think the bear market begins for some time. But just keep an eye out. Because it, black markets take time to form. Bitcoin will take time to recover. I mean, China banned mining and it tanked Bitcoin a ton. A bunch of people started started selling in May of 2021. Again, it meant nothing. Zero for the long-term prospects of this asset. However, it did lead to a short-term depression. And so all I'm saying is that this little sliver of information that we just got that everybody's ignoring because Bitcoin is rallying, I think holds the key to how to get out of this market at the right time without suffering 80% drawdown, which is why I care so much about it. And I care so much about how they came to the decision. And I care so much about what other countries might come to that similar conclusion and I just want to make sure that even if it doesn't happen, I know what the warning signs look like, because I think that is how we end up in the next bear market. That, my own personal opinion, that's how we end up. In the Which market. like fifty countries come out and ban it, basically. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. And that, or, or fifty countries come out and, and add it to their balance sheet and start trading commodities denominated in it, and then you get the opposite price action. It's kind of binary, or they do nothing, which is what they've been doing. So. It, it, this is this is the, we're teetering on the edge, and like you said, you have to be very very careful. If they all if there's a cascade of Bitcoin banning around the world, like yeah, get get the fuck out of the way of that trade, and that's for sure. Yeah, but you just gotta pay attention to pay attention to the warning signs, right? I mean, look, if three countries come out and ban it, I'm probably taking my exposure down. Yeah, even if it's like even if it's Nigeria, Kenya, and the DRC, Zaire. DRC is actually the second country besides. El Salvador to sanction, like legalize it as money, right? Or is that the other Central African Republic? I'm sorry, not uh, not DRC. Uh, I mean, a hundred million people live in Nigeria. It's Africa's most populous country, and Bitcoin is super fucking popular there. So, yeah, I, I'd imagine, and, and I know, I know why, right? If if you are born there, that is not necessarily like the most lucky place to be born, especially the more rural parts of the country. So, I can see why people are storing their money there. It's a path to, you know, financial independence mm -hmm. for, for a lot of people. Um, it is. Yeah, it's got to be crazy if you live in a country where it gets banned. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be, Bitcoin is really becoming the global asset right now, which is so satisfying for somebody that has watched this thing grow from, you know, $500 a coin when nobody, nobody took it seriously. Uh, yeah. I, I just have always thought that this is, this, this was sort of the end game. And I will say, you know, there, there are people out there like Naib Bukele, who's just an absolute giga chat. And by giga chat, I mean, you know, he did, yeah, I think well, how much did he buy? He bought a few million bucks, but he's a, he's a giga chat in terms of his rhetoric uh, when it comes to, when it comes to BTC. <laughs> and I do think that there is a genuine gulf between. Look, El Salvador is a very unique country. They have proven themselves willing to do things that the rest of the world doesn't have the stomach for.
Mm. The rest of the world doesn't have the stomach for cracking down on crime the way that El Salvador does. The rest of the world doesn't have the stomach for offering their, uh, you know, offering economic freedom through cryptocurrency to to their people because they want the control, right? And so I think that it takes these renegade leaders to actually do that, which is why maybe Saudi Arabia will do it. Maybe the UAE will do it. It's possible that Argentina does it with Javier Malay now in charge, who I really like. Uh, you know, so I, I think I think the world is trending in towards towards that direction of, uh, you know, you, you, you're seeing that in one half of the in one half of the hemisphere, and then the rest of the you know the rest of the world that currently has the power is sort of entrenching themselves. Yeah. So it's this battle between the entrenched powers and the and the and the newfound. But at least in the U.S., those nations, those entrenched combatants are losing. Like Jamie Dimon looks like an ass. Gary Gensler is like openly ridiculed uh, you know now and i think you know not not to not to sort of like pretend that that the sec can't be threatening to crypto in the future it certainly can especially if biden wins re-election it's more you know it's it's more just like uh, like put it this way you just said that you've been following bitcoin since it was 500 dollars, and you know you, you've loved to watch it grow and, and flourish the way that it has mm-hmm. i've been watching it too but i didn't understand it until i one day the light bulb went off mm-hmm. because i saw it through the lens of commodities trading and what it offered to people in emerging like sort of petro economies that that was where it clicked for me through that lens i was able to see what it offers an economy beyond just a you know sort of a speculative um you know penny stock type casino outcome that then i was like oh this is money and this is like money that can can move across the globe way easier than than bank money bank dollars petrodollars so i hope our listeners you know every, i hope everybody comes up with their own framework for which uh, bitcoin just clicks for them because you need a framework to trade effectively otherwise you're kind of untethered and buying high and selling low and acting like a you know unprofitable trader so i i really hope we can all kind of come up with these interesting frameworks and monitor the either the confirmation signs or uh you know be sort of sober and honest when we see things happening that that aren't aren't necessarily in in accord with our thesis and maybe that's a time to lighten up or or get out or get short i would agree with that and i think the sober the sober and honest is the most important piece here about it right i think when you're when you're in when you're in a bull market it's so easy to get carried away it's so easy to get, you know, to smell to, you know, to smell your own shit, for lack of a better term, and just believe the things that you convince yourself of. Which is why it's, you know, the, these conversations that you, you, people, you might be, you might be listening to this podcast, you know, on, on YouTube or on Spotify. You, you might hear a new thought. You might have had these thoughts before. You might have discussed things with your friends. Writing them down and just referring to them. And being sober and honest with your assessment of the situation is so is so important. And trying to predict the future and then seeing how your predictions do is also extremely important, especially now in the bull market. Because it's very, 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 very easy to get carried away. I do recommend that everybody take the time to go touch grass. I touched a lot of grass today. I touched some to oranges to too. I touched some oranges. I, I harvested some oranges outside of Tel Aviv. Now, I didn't did not look at the markets once because I'm positioned. And I think I, John, I think I picked like 10 kilos of oranges. What? How, how long does that take? Yeah, five hours. Damn. 
And does it feel yeah. good at the end? Do you feel do like you, a sense of accomplishment? Do you, do you, Whoa. Do you see, do you see these scars? You want, you want to know how I got these? You want to know how I got these scars, Jonah? For everyone listening, <laughs> audio only, Avi, Avi has some little red lines on his arm from touching a tree. <laughs> Tiny red lines from touching a tree. <laughs> One thing I've found, uh, like, there have been times where I've earned a lot of money doing something at work and I haven't felt a thing or maybe even felt a little shitty about it. There are other times where, like, I, I planted a tree once and it felt amazing, <laughs> you know, like the, the amount of money you make is not necessarily correlated with your level of enjoyment for activity. That's, it's a weird, like, Oh, absolutely thing. not. <laughs> I mean, I generated more dopamine from picking 10 kilos of oranges with a bunch of retirees from Boca Raton. Because <laughs> <laughs> every, every, everybody that's volunteering is coming from abroad right now. Actually, there was a really cute Japanese couple. Uh, that was also that was also volunteering with us, and I asked him. I said, "How did how did you guys end up in Israel picking oranges?" They look at me and they go, "We just really like you guys." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, we really like them too. A little too yeah. much sometimes. We eat their sushi. We marry their women. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, but it was it was really it was really really heartwarming and sweet. But I mean, the amount of like the amount of happiness that you guys generated. From just being out there, not looking at my phone, picking picking some oranges, my friend was with me at the time. It's a it's a really great feeling. All of this to say, whoever's listening, if you haven't touched grass in a long time, I highly suggest you go touch grass. It can be anything, any amount of grass at any point, anywhere. Just go touch it. <laughs> what, what a, I what promise a great you, you will feel to end the podcast on i uh i couldn't agree more you've inspired me avi i'm gonna go outside and touch a pint of beer um just to that 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 used to be grass specifically wheat yeah but it is no, <laughs> but it is no longer <laughs> so awesome all right jonah as always a pleasure chatting with you pleasure chatting with you too avi none of this is investment advice we don't know anything don't don't do what we say do your own research and uh yeah jonah jonah knows some things i know absolutely nothing (laughs) great talking to you man until next week